This is the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I am your host, as always, Nick Toro Jr. I would like to introduce the first of what should be an ongoing series on this podcast. This podcast episode is called Worth 1000 Words. And in this ongoing series, I plan on discussing one specific photograph by one specific photographer, not only exploring what it is actually a photograph of, but also what the context is, the times, the place, the environment that the photograph was made during. And hopefully this will be an exploration of how I read a photograph and how you may approach photography and understanding photographs on a deeper level. So the photograph that I'd like to discuss in today's episode is by the photographer Diane Arbus. And the name of the photograph is Child with Toy Hand Grenade in Central Park in 1962. This particular photograph, I think, is a a very good example of a style and approach that Arbus was well known for. A little background on Diane Arbus. She was a photographer who came to prominence in New York City in the 1960s. I'm hesitant to call her approach strictly street photography, although she did shoot uh, an abundance of work in the streets, but not exclusively. And you'll find that a lot of her subject matter um, is very intimate, very revealing. She would photograph people who would best be described as being on the margins of society and especially in the 60s when she was very active she was turning her camera on people who were not usually featured in portraiture in serious art photography so what's also quite uh, fascinating about Arbus's photography is that she came from an upper-class family and really used photography in a way to reject the privilege and the comforts that she experienced in her personal life. And I think that idea is something to keep in mind when you look at any of the photographs of Diane Orbis and consider how her subjects are, for the most part, marginalized individuals and think about that she was a person coming from a completely different world to document these subjects. One could make the leap then to question why she was doing it. Was she exploiting uh, her subjects or was she just trying to understand a little bit more about herself through her photography? I think these are things that we should consider when we're looking at her photographs, specifically the fact that she was roaming the streets and she was shooting with a medium format camera, which is an interesting choice for walking about on the streets and and approaching people. Um, It also allows for the photographer to keep the camera down below uh, at chest level looking down into the viewfinder to make the exposure, allowing face-to-face exchange with the subject, 
uh, keeping eye contact, having a conversation during the, uh, the process of taking those photographs. And I think that that camera choice, and even though I know this isn't about camera gear, but the camera choice that she made definitely opens up opportunities for connecting with her subject matter in a much deeper way than had she been holding a camera up to her face. So without much further ado, let's jump into Worth 1000 Words. Diane Arbus. The photograph I'm talking about today is child with toy hand grenade in Central Park in 1962. I will have this photograph posted on the Right Eye Dominant Facebook page, the Instagram page, the RightEyeDominantPodcast.com website, or if you wanted just to do an online search for Diane Arbus child with toy hand grenade this photo i'm sure will pop up right away so let's take a look at the photo and what do we see well first off it's a black and white photograph it's square format the main subject is a young blonde haired boy and he's set slightly off from the center of the frame the photograph is shot with a shallow depth of field there is slight fogging along the left-hand edge of the film or a, you know, a, a light leak or something along the edge of the, the piece of film. Uh, if we look at the lighting in the photograph, there's a dapple of tree uh, and leaf shadow spreading out on the ground around the young boy. Uh, we see two trees that sit behind the boy and they seem to mimic the, the structure of uh, the suspenders that the boy is wearing. Uh, a soft figure stands behind the boy. We don't know if that's a stranger, perhaps it's his mother. That uh, We see another woman walking with the small child further down the path, and they're wandering unknowingly into this, what is now a, a moment of uh, photo history. The main subject's uh, foot is, sits right at the bottom of the frame, and close onto the ground is a, a little wooden ice cream spoon, uh, like the kind that you used to get in an Italian ice. Now let's take a closer look at the boy himself. We look what he's wearing. His sneakers are beat up and they are tied haphazardly. His socks are bunched up around his ankles. His knees, they're dirty. His shorts are held up by a pair of suspenders, but one strap hangs off his shoulder around his elbow. His shirt has a pattern of emblems, but to my eye, they look like they may even be fingerprints. His one hand holds a toy hand grenade, and his other hand is empty. It looks to be gripping an imaginary object, or it looks like his, his hand is atrophied for some reason. When we gaze upon his face, we, we see that he looks disturbed, not frightened necessarily, maybe haunted, and he definitely looks haunting. His mouth forms a grimace. His eyes are dark pools. His hair, slightly messy, looks like maybe it was outgrown from a bowl cut. Now I look at this photo and I start to wonder, well, why did Arbus take this photograph? Uh, I think it's obvious that the young boy, he's definitely a striking subject matter. If you were wandering through the park with your camera looking for subjects, you would very well be uh, attracted to uh, taking a photo of this young boy. 
Um, he definitely falls within that sort of oeuvre that we now come to know from Diane Arbus. Um, there's something odd about the boy's appearance. The fact that he almost appears that he's alone in this world in a very public place. His body language and appearance is a mix of fright, anxiety, and mental unease. The loose suspender further conveys a feeling of instability in the subject matter. And the fact that he's playing with a very realistic toy, or very realistic looking toy, uh, that being a hand grenade, to the casual viewer, one could think maybe it's an actual hand grenade. It's an implement of war, destruction, and death that when the image was made, the Vietnam War was simmering, so the fact that this hand grenade is in the photo is very powerful, would have been uh, disturbing to a, you know, a, an audience in 1962, and it may very well be disturbing today. Was this also on the artist's mind when she took the photo? It's possible. I also wonder about the impact of the photograph had the young boy been maybe holding a toy gun instead. It's our understanding now, viewers of the future, decades later, uh, that might have been a very different situation if we had seen uh, a young boy in a public space holding a toy weapon. Maybe it's not so clear that it's a toy. Never mind the possible reactions of, you know, if there was a police officer on the scene. Never mind if the boy was not a blonde-haired white child, but a person of color in the same situation. So back to the artist's possible intention in this photograph. There's a contact sheet of Arbus's role of film from that day. Contact sheet, for those of you who don't know, is when a photographer would shoot an entire roll of film, they would get that film developed, and then every negative from that roll of film would be exposed onto one sheet of photo paper so the photographer can proof the entire roll and they can see start to finish what they captured in the camera on that one roll of film. But if we look at the different frames from that roll of film, the boy's appearance is quite different. In a few shots, we see that he's smiling, that he's happy, and he's looking very far from the disheveled, disturbed look of, of the final photograph. It's always the choice of the photographer to show the viewer their own vision of the world, of course. But, you know, none of those other photographs convey the same sort of uh, frightening energy that the final uh, image that we all know uh, carries with it. None of those other photographs are as powerful, in my opinion. This famous image falls squarely in the style and subject matter that Diane Arbus was known for. Her body of work contextualizes how we as viewers receive this information of this image. So in a gallery filled with uh, Arbus images, images of outcasts, marginalized people, subcultures, the mentally or physically ill, uh, this photo of this young boy playing with a toy does look positively unsettling in the context of the way that she shot it, in the context of the other subject matter that she's known for. And perhaps that was her agenda all along. She probably knew full well that she could manipulate the viewer's response to this picture. So why does this particular photograph speak to me so strongly? Well. I have often thought about this image, it feels like for me it was lifted from a dream or a dream state. And it's, I think the shallow depth of field and the lighting uh, adds to that. 
I'll also say that it doesn't feel like it's particularly a nightmare scenario. It's more like just an unsettling bad dream. It could be a reverie of a lost childhood moment that I may have witnessed myself. I grew up in uh, the suburbs of New York City. I spent many weekends playing in Lincoln Park in Jersey City. It's a very similar environment to Central Park of New York. The smell of sycamore trees, it still brings me back to those days. And so when I look at this photograph, I can sort of sense what that environment was like when Arbus took that photograph. But you know, what's also interesting is that the position of the subject matter in the frame, the distorted body movements and the grip of the hand, even the look on the child's face, it actually reminds me of the Edward Monks painting the screen. It looks like a solitary figure in a moment of distress. Now when I look at this photograph, I also wonder what happened to this boy? Uh, you know, he appears in the picture, maybe he's five or six years old, which would put him probably in his 60s now. I wonder if he ever saw this photograph. I wonder if his family ever saw this photograph. I'm guessing they did. I wonder how they reacted to it. Were they proud? Were they sad? Were they embarrassed? Were they angry about how Arbus uh, presented this boy? It's a moment of his youth and it's forever etched in our collective consciousness now. It goes beyond um, just being a photo of, of a person, it becomes this icon of photography. And also just the fact that it's been hanging in museums and published numerous times, the image of this boy in Central Park has definitely taken on a life of its own, which is really interesting when we consider that here we are today in 2021, and together we're looking at this photograph, making assumptions or making an analysis of this image, an image of a complete stranger who just happened to be in the park playing on a summer's day. So I'm sure that was way more than a thousand words, but you get the point. Uh, I look forward to doing more of these uh, analyses in the future. I hope that it was entertaining and educational for you. Let me know what you think. Uh, let me know what you think about this particular image. Maybe you're seeing things in it that I'm not. Let me know what you think about this approach, whether you like it or not. You can reach me via the rightidominantpodcast.com website. There is a spot there where you could make comments or send questions. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback or make some comments on the social media pages, Facebook and Instagram. I'm always monitoring those as well. Thank you for listening. This has been the Right Eye Dominant Podcast. I am Nick Toro Jr. Until next time. Stay well. This show is a production of RightEyeDominant.art. Today's music was brought to you by the Free Music Archive, The Conant Project, Jazar, Mons Plenier, and Soft and Furious. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven, eight, nine, zero, 